Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Well, it's the end of the first week of school. Uh, traffic has seemed to lighten up a little bit. Uh, Matt, how is, how's school going? You know, it's going okay. I mean, it's definitely, um, we're getting to the last, yeah, on the last day. Uh, this, this was a tough morning. We had our five-year-old who, uh, Derek, she doesn't quite understand how homework works anymore. She understands that some work was sent home with her. She can't tell us if she's supposed to return the work or not. So it's a bit of a breakdown in communication. And so the five-year-old, I walked in yesterday to uh, just a total meltdown uh, that she was going to fail kindergarten and she was a total failure. To, uh, she even referred to her teacher as a liar uh, sometimes because she didn't. The teacher told them that they may they may go to the uh, playground this week. They didn't go to the playground. So if you're listening to us, uh, you know who you are. I mean, you know, playgrounds are important. I mean, you got to get to play. Uh, you know, you have lunch. You have you know probably like a little rest or a nap time. Back in our day, we used to pull out the cots for kindergarten nap time. Um, and but yeah, you know, but if you don't get outside, that is that's a huge disappointment for a five year old. That is that's that's large. Oh, absolutely, large. no doubt, no doubt. That's a big deal. I mean, you say we're going to the playground and we don't go. That's a major letdown uh, in kindergarten. Thirteen uh, year olds doing okay. I mean, he's settling into uh, school and everything. He is uh, now without his phone, effective last night. Uh, so it's going to be a struggle for him for a little while. And then the uh, the 16-year-old is uh, driving to school, like I said earlier this week, and just being your typical teenage female. So um, you can read into that however you want, but uh, pray for us over at the Crane House. We also want to you know, mention, obviously, that things going on at school. There was what about a re- yours, Derek? I'm sorry. What about yours? Second full week. Yours going Second good? full week going okay. Uh, just continuing on, plugging along. Tests are happening. You know, uh, my daughter has two tests this morning, so you know, a little stressed about that. Went over it last night. Sounds like she's ready to me, but again, we'll know once we get the grade next week. But again, everything's going smoothly. Knock on wood that it continues. Again, as we said before, do your part. Yeah, absolutely. Can't echo that enough. Just do our part and keep keep going at it. So, uh, I mean, Derek, something we have to talk about it. You and I talked about not keeping our, our head buried in the sand. First case of uh, the COVID-19 virus uh, for DeSoto County Schools was at Hernando High School. Found that out, I believe, on Wednesday. And so uh, that was reported on by the DeSotoCountyNews.com website. DeSotoCountyNews.com website uh, is where we got our information from. First case in DeSoto County. And, and Derek, you and I talked about it off air. It's going to happen. We're going to have uh, positive cases. The first positive case reported in DeSoto County Schools Happened to be at Hernando. That's correct. We all know 36,000 students, thousands of teachers, administrators, uh, cafeteria workers, school bus drivers, et cetera. Uh, that, that positive test does not mean that there's not other cases of the coronavirus at other schools in the, in the county. Statistically, that's the, the, the case. From what we can tell, uh, shout out to the Hernando High School administration for doing what they're supposed to do, uh, doing the plan, working the plan. Principal Dwayne Case and his team over at the high school seem to uh, manage it correctly. And, and, and the way that is set up, we've talked about it numerous shows, Derek. We're looking for leadership. We're looking for plans. We're looking for a, a set way of doing things. And they seem to have done a very good job uh, of that. So just shout out to them. That's going to happen. And it did happen. And so, but as you said, the administration handled it correctly. They 
you know, sent out the, the notices that had to be sent out uh, to the quarantine. We're not sure, of course, of the sex, the age, the class, whether it was a student, whether it was a person. I'm sure there are rumors out there. I'm sure there are facts out there that people know these things. We're not here to report that. You know, we will, you know, there's HIPAA violations and stuff like that. So, but we do know what happened. And so, um, but everybody, it, you know, they continue on. They, they handled it. The class has continued. They're in back in school today. And again, it's going to happen again. So let's not freak out. Uh, don't ostracize people that may have been involved with it. Uh, it it's, a, it's a virus. Uh, and so let's, let's just you know, continue to move on. But I'm, you know, again, I will echo what you said, that I do agree it was handled correctly by policy. They've got it in place, and so they're prepared for it. And then I, I think they'll continue to be prepared for it. So uh, you know, kudos to them. Yeah, and again, on the website, the DeSotoCountyNews.com, the very first paragraph, Mississippi's largest public school district reported its first case of coronavirus on Wednesday, August 19th. I mean, again, the largest school district reported its first case, over 36,000 kids, thousands of, of teachers and administrators and so forth. Man, our, our, our hearts go out to you. Uh, you guys are doing a phenomenal job and working hard in these uh, interesting and new times for all of us. As far as right here on the Under the Water Tower podcast, you're going to get praise uh, from, from Derek and myself because what you guys are doing is pretty amazing. So shout out to you guys. Continue on. Podcast brought to you by The Print House, located at 2462 Church Street in Hernando. The Print House is your one-stop shop for printing services, business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs. Whether it is a new logo or marketing plan for your business or a large order of t-shirts for your family, reunion, or church group, the ladies at The Print House can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105 or find them online at theprinthousems.com. That's 662-298-3105, or find them online at theprinthousems.com. The Print House currently is not open to the public. Uh, that plan is to possibly open right after Labor Day, so they are not currently open to the public, but are available uh, on the phone number I just mentioned and the email, uh, I'm sorry, the website I just mentioned as well, or look them up on Facebook. Podcast is also brought to you by Precision Services, also located right here in Hernando. Whether you're a real estate flipper or a homeowner with simply too much in your yard, Precision can help. They specialize in residential or commercial renovations with over 20 years experience in the demolition, junk removal, and construction business. Precision is eager to bid on your next project. Give them a call at 662-469-4189. Mention the podcast and get 5% off your estimate instantly. That's 662-469-4189 for Precision Services in Hernando. On Tuesday, we mentioned that there were a couple of alderman meetings, uh, obviously, around in, in, in all the cities. Uh, we wanted to kind of look at the one that happened in Hernando this week. A Hernando alderman meeting, of course, uh, first and third Tuesdays of every month. Uh, this one was and they're held at 6 o'clock at City Hall. Past week, um, there were several things on the agenda. Uh, there's a couple of large things. They had a public hearing uh, that we'll get to in just a moment uh, on the, the budget for next year. Uh, and also had a couple of subdivision final plats to approve. So I'm going to briefly just kind of talk about, you know, what happened during the meeting. Also, just kind of, you know, the ramifications of that. Uh, the first thing was is that the Jefferson Place uh, had their final approval of, of Phase C, and that was approved. Uh, there was a little discussion, but, you know, no, no real comments or anything like that from that. So that is the approval of Jefferson Place. Uh, Je- Jefferson C. Place is east on Holly Springs Road past Walmart. That's correct. Uh, just heading out there as you're going toward Getwell. And the other one was Winningham. Winningham is up in Nesbitt uh, and off of Nesbitt Road, Pleasant Hill Road. And they uh, also had a phase B approved. It was approved. There was a little discussion because there was a road that had to be uh, amended because of the way that the subdivision actually ended up lying. The original plat was approved in 2005. 
And so this is only the second phase and since 2005. The first phase is now built out. But they had to uh, kind of the road connecting to the second phase actually is a little different than the original plat. They approved the lots for the next phase, but they're going to have to come back and ask for an amendment of the road. And that should happen again next month. So, uh, again, they'll have to come back for that. We're probably not going to report that next month. Real quick, is that something I'm, I'm just learning? Tell, tell me that. So when you say they come back and ask for the road, that's the developer? Developer slash engineer will have to come back and ask for the amendment to allow the road to, you know, again, the alderman went by the original plat, uh, the original uh, PUD that was approved. And so they, again, since the road is now a little changed uh, off of where it was, they would have to get that re-amended. But again, it's not, I mean, I feel certain it's going to be 100% approved once it's brought. It just has to be brought because they're keeping things by policy. Exactly. Just doing what they're supposed to do and going through the bylaws and the things that are required to do and, and so forth. So that's And look, and, and this is something that the county needs. Uh, I mean, I, I think everybody's aware there is a shortage of lots, shortage of inventory uh, all across the county. Uh, and so, you know, opening it up, I think there was around 30 lots in one phase and around 19 in the other, uh, 19 or 20 in the other. And so that's, these are good things that are coming through. Uh, but again, this is something we need. Uh, DeSoto County has uh, continued to grow uh, because of the recession back in 2008. Developers and, and I guess banks that are financing developers are not allowing 50 phase, 100 phase lots anymore because of the risk, because of the uh, oversupply that we had in 2008 when the housing crash happened. And so because of that, we are short in all parts of the county on lots. Good for homeowners. Uh, the square foot, the price per square foot has gone up from about an average of $89 a foot after the recession to now $127 a foot around the county. So if you're a homeowner, you have definitely seen an increase in your equity uh, in your house. However, if you're a current buyer, that makes it really, really tough. It is definitely a seller's market. You know, so if, if you're looking to move to Hernando, if you're looking to move anywhere really in the county, you are, it's, it's very hard to find houses. I mean, there's an article uh, written this week in the Soto Times talking about, you know, if, if a house is under 200000 it's sold within 20 minutes. Uh, you know, houses in the two fifty to 300000 range, you know, there, was, uh, there have been instances of people getting eight contracts on a house, uh, selling for $10,000 over asking price. So, again, for me, who's been in my house for a while, that's a, a fantastic thing if I wanted to move. But the problem was if I did and I wanted to stay in the county, I'm looking to pay $127 a foot to move. So, that's, it's, uh, again, it's a good thing. There is a shortage. I'm not saying that we should go out there and throw out another 100 lots. Uh, I'm not saying that banks would approve you throwing out 100 other lots. But um, it, it is uh, something that's going on right now. So, it is good that Hernando's, you know, opening up another 40 or 50 lots for the area. Absolutely. You, talk, you and I talk about it all the time. I mean, the number of people moving to DeSoto County, the number of people moving to Hernando is, is tremendous. Uh, wanting to move into DeSoto County. Wonderful schools, as we just talked about. The the economy just seems to be rolling right along here in DeSoto County. So uh, it's a good thing that people want to move to our, our town and our area. So good good for Hernando, paying attention to and and working on slow growth, it seems like. Hernando Alderman have controlled a slow, steady growth over the last uh, 10, 15 years since the crash there in 2008 you were talking about. And so it, it's I mean, that's important. And again, Derek, uh, so many people we talked to, you and I were at a meeting last night with a, a group of guys, and I had a couple of guys mention to me that they like, they like the part of the podcast talking about uh, city uh, meetings, things that are going on. And so uh, that's something that we're uh, going to continue to talk about because that – at the end of the day, that really affects uh, most of the people that are going to be listening to our podcast, uh, their home values, kids' school, all that type of stuff. So um, thank you for the constructive criticism there. Also, uh, last night, I mean, excuse me, Tuesday night, uh, the, the, another thing that was great news, uh, this is the first time I've ever heard this, both for somebody else or for me personally, uh, insurance costs went down for the city. They were reduced by 14%. They went with a new provider 
uh, for the next year. And so the overall was about a 14% uh, drop overall. And so that's fantastic. Uh, Alderman were actually, actually obviously very happy, very pleased. And so, um, you know, just that's a, that's a great savings for the city. And also, you know, I'm not saying that's going to be, you know, across the board. I'm not saying that, you know, companies are going to start cutting insurance costs or anything like that. But it was good that the city was able to do that. And kudos for the people that were able to, um, you know, the, the, the insurance company that was able to, to get that for the city. Then the, the main thing, though, that uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to go uh, was to, because of the, the public hearing on the 2021 budget. You know, so ramped up. There were there were several people there. I, I'm sure ready to talk, ready to you know see what they wanted to have in there, or have comment on stuff that could be approved or actually not approved, talked about. Uh, and on Tuesday night, the alderman had received the budget. Basically, the budget currently is nine hundred thousand dollars over budget. And so the alderman, instead of having a discussion on what to cut, they said a million dollars is too much for us to sit here tonight and try to cut things. And they sent it back to the mayor to send it back to the department heads to make the cuts. Uh, basically, they said it was maybe a five-minute conversation. Mayor, you need to you know, ask them to bring it back to you. They, we need to have some cuts. We need to have some, you know, reconfiguring all the departments. And until you get that, we do not want to see the budget again. All right. So, Derek, does that include? Is that nine hundred thousand dollars over with with added or wanted things for for the two thousand twenty-one budget, or is it nine hundred thousand dollars over the status quo of currently, and we're not going to be able to? Oh, no, no, no. This, this, this is based on, so they, they're, they're estimating the uh, revenue projections for 2021 Okay. based on what you know, this year has done, prior years have done. Uh, but, of course, as we also mentioned on Tuesday, we do not know what a coronavirus quarter looks like. Uh, they, again, they're rolling three months, so they may be getting made numbers in now. Again, so we don't know what a full summer of coronavirus, we don't know what a half a year, a full year of coronavirus looks like. And so it's very unknown. So I'm sure they, again, I have not seen the preliminary numbers uh, uh, for, the, for the revenue, what they're estimating, but I can imagine it's not going to be a 5 or 10% increase. Right. Uh, so, you know, so if you're keeping revenues flat, maybe even slightly dropping revenues, then, you know, so it's based off of that. So what the department heads, obviously you have to pay what's currently there if you want to keep them. And then, you know, and then they're also probably asking for a few things. I mean, I, I don't know what's being asked for, so I'm not going to speculate. But, I mean, you're talking about the police department, fire department, parks department, utility department. And so there's all different departments that are either asking for stuff. There may be equipment that needs to be replaced. There needs to be maybe cars that need to be replaced. Um, and so that's what's going to be in the budget. Now, again, if you're 900000 over, you probably need to start where you were this year. If you've asked for more, I, I would say that would probably have to go. And then after that, you know, uh, you know, cuts cuts may have to happen. I have not seen it, so I'm, I, you know, until they actually put it out to the public, until they start discussing it, you know, there's not really any comment there. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I, you're definitely what you're saying is exactly right. Let's go back to our current the status quo now. Uh, you know, needs and wants. Let's focus on our needs. Uh, here's our list of wants. Let's trim that want, want list down tremendously. You know, I mean, that's that's city politics, especially right now uh, with with the coronavirus and what's going on over the last uh, six months. And uh, you know, the the world has kind of slowed down a, a bit uh, from a municipality standpoint, um, tax revenue, et cetera. So uh, shout out to the aldermen and the mayor uh, for for what they're doing uh, every first and third Tuesday, listening to uh, city business and, and making these decisions that uh, most of us uh, appreciate. And and you know, again. If you wanted to be mayor, you could run for it yourself. Uh, if you wanted to be on the board of aldermen, you can run for it yourself. So these are the people that are elected uh, working through this. So shout out to them for what they're doing, uh, again, the first and third 
Tuesday of every month. Yeah, and then the last thing was the one of the ways that obviously you can help your budget is to try to increase revenue. Uh, but the alderman did vote to maintain the current tax rate. So the, the increase in tax rate will not be part of the solution. Uh, they voted to uh, no, no increase in the ad valorem taxes. Of course, ad valorem uh, includes uh, several things, including property taxes, car car tag taxes and that sort of thing so again that will not be raised the tax rate will remain the same for uh fiscal year 2021 as it was in fiscal year 2020 uh, so that was that was voted on last night so the budget will actually come from you know not from the top line it will have to come from the expense part of the budget sounds good uh something else derek you told me about i was not aware of this and uh, we'll we'll lead into it if you want to view the alderman meetings for both hernando and the city of south haven uh within an hour after their meetings on the first and third tuesday uh they're available on the youtube channel uh so both cities have a youtube channel now to where you can view those at your convenience and uh, and keep up with the city politics keep up with the meetings kind of like we are here maybe we're not uh updating you as fast as you'd like and you'd like to watch the show uh the meetings uh right after but that that within an hour of the after the meetings on the first and third tuesday they should be available on the youtube channels for the city of fernando and the city of south haven not sure about olive branch yet or those other cities we'll look into that but i know for city of south haven and hernando which most of our listeners so far, the feedback we've gotten and what we can uh, tell uh, are coming out of Hernando and South Haven. So uh, just go to those YouTube channels and watch that. Yeah, so um, you go to City Hernando uh, on the YouTube channel, City of Hernando, Mississippi Government, or you can go to, to cityofhernando.org, click on the government, click on Board of Aldermen, and then you'll have the meetings there, the agendas there that you can see. They're just you know hyperlinks. And then also right below that, you'll see where there's a, uh, you'll click here for the YouTube video. Same thing, uh, www.southhaven.org. That is their government website. Go there. Obviously, as I said, go to government, find the alderman, and then also you'll find the link to their uh, YouTube video to be able to watch. And they both mention on there that they do try to put it on one hour after the meeting. So you're looking at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night after the meeting. Uh, But obviously, if for some reason it's slow downloading or something like that, then it would definitely be up by the next day. So again, if you want to educate yourself, follow along. Correct me if I said something wrong on here. Uh, please, you know, go there, and uh, that's a, a great way to keep up with what's going on in in all the cities. Great idea by both cities to uh, do the YouTube live, or I'm sorry, the YouTube channel, and post those videos in the the world of the COVID-19 virus, uh, social distancing, and, and and stuff. That's a, exactly a good way. I mean, that is the future to be able to watch that on YouTube and, and stay informed. So, like Derek said, educate yourself. Don't just sit around on Facebook and gripe or pay attention to what somebody said in your Sunday school class. Go watch the YouTube channels and learn uh, uh, what's going on inside your own city. Uh, something else is going on in the city. Well, thought it was going on. Uh, we announced it on Tuesday uh, that the um, I was really excited on Tuesday. I was. I, I, I was too. I you know received the information, and so I obviously ran with it. Talking about the sunset on the square, and that was replaced uh, in June. Going to be done in September now, uh, just like it was on Thursday night. So very excited. I actually had a couple people that commented, "Man, I can't wait." And and the next day, I think they actually had. The, the board met that day to cancel it maybe that afternoon it was not released until Wednesday so the next day after 24 hours our, our podcast was obsolete on, on that portion of it uh, but they did have to cancel it uh, they the board voted you know with the unknowns you know not knowing what's going to be not knowing what mandates may be you know right now technically if you're outside in groups you have to wear a mask based on what the government has recommended for the state and so that's kind of what they were going with and you know of course the mandate does end August 31st. But, you know, how things are going, it may could be extended. So they just didn't want to be able to take the chance, not knowing how to market it. And so they made the decision as a board to uh, to just cancel it for this year. No, it's, it's not canceled. They actually just pushed it to June of 21. 
Well, that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> it's yeah. a joke. I'm just teasing. I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just, 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 just kick it literally on down the line here. Back. Hopefully, Gino 21 will be able to get back out there and enjoy that time with our our friends and 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 so forth. Because again, it's a wonderful event the uh, Chamber of Commerce puts on for the city. Uh, thousands of people come out each and every June to enjoy the show, enjoy the weather. The weather's been good. It seems like there's one Thursday night of just torrential rain, but the rest of the nights are usually pretty good. So, uh, again, shout out to the Chamber of Commerce for uh, for trying to pull that off, and and uh, we're certainly not going to sit here and second guess what they're doing. Shout out to those ladies over there as hard as they work. There are two things that will be that are still con- well, actually one that is continuing uh, to be on outside in person. That is the Water Tower 10K. Uh, we will talk more about that as we get closer to the event. And last night, another event uh, was approved and, and will be uh, starting to be advertised probably within a month from now, you know, 45 days, uh, maybe maybe middle of September, end of September. Uh, it is the Crew Boo Run. Uh, this is going to be a one-mile fun run for children. Uh, it will be on Halloween Day. Uh, Halloween this year is on a Saturday, which comes once, what, every six, seven years. And so uh, just really excited about that. Uh, we are going to allow the uh, – basically the kids are going to dress up in their costumes, come out with their families, uh, and then just do a mile. Uh, this is going to be an untimed mile. Uh, we're going to have you know a couple of, of stops for the kids. Uh, it's going to start at the track, end at the, the city track. And so just going to be a great time. Uh, there will be more information coming out on that. But, again, that will be in person outside. And so hopefully you know as we get into the fall, as things – you know you know maybe there's something on the virus, uh, but you know, we're going to be outside, social distancing. Hopefully the kids will have masks on because it's Halloween. Uh, uh, but we're look, really looking forward to that. So there are things still happening in the county. Uh, again, if you have any other events that you know of that, that's going to happen uh, in different cities uh, or in Hernando, please let us know. We'll be happy to try to get those out for you and, and, and you know, advertise it that way, just kind of get it out. So, again, but that, that's something new. So please put that on your calendar. Uh, October 31st, the, the, the inaugural Crew Boo Run, uh, and just uh, you know, great uh, thanks to that group for, for doing that. Yeah, and this will be a fundraiser, uh, so there will be a, a small cost to that, and all proceeds will go to a local Hernando charity, but will will be a phenomenal opportunity to uh, take pictures and get some really good pictures uh, of your children on that Halloween. Uh, like Derek said, every six or seven years, Halloween being on Saturday, I know that's a, a lot of fun. When I, grew, when I was growing up, uh, the Saturday Halloweens were a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, Fun. So anyway, just another good thing. Shout out to the crew of Fernando for putting that on uh, to raise some money, but at the same time, um, uh, be be something fun for the kids to get out and do this coming fall. And full disclaimer: both Matt and I are in the crew. Uh, that's why we knew about this, you know, pretty soon, you know, uh, pretty quickly. You know, also doesn't change the fact that it's going to be a great event, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Derek, just to circle back from the beginning of the show, Under the Water Tower podcast is coming to you from the Mid South Van Studios in Hernando, Mississippi. Mid South Vans is celebrating its fifth year in business in DeSoto County, its first year anniversary in Hernando. Mid-South Vans is located at 2571 McCracken Road here in Hernando. Mid-South Vans has 12 and 15 passenger vans to serve you for any of your personal, business, church, or any type of rental you may need. We can help you with a daily, weekly, or monthly rental uh, specials. If you'd like to contact Mid-South Vans, it's 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555 for a daily, weekly, or even monthly van rental need. If you, on Tuesday, we, of course, we broke down the first team uh, that was in play in the county. Uh, the first team that was in play was the North Point girls soccer team. That game was played on Tuesday night at 5.30. The result was a 0-0 tie. Yes. Zero, uh, nothing like a soccer score, 0-0 soccer score with Brighton uh, high out of Tennessee. Uh, it was a very evenly matched game. Well, obviously, it was a very well uh, defensively played game. 
And so, you know, just but one, you know, last year, as we mentioned, they uh, were four, one, and nine. So they start off the year with a tie. So they do get a point, and that's you know, fantastic start to the season uh, for you know, as trying to build something. And so I want to give a, a obviously, you know, kudos to Kennedy Brown, the senior keeper, keeping the the, the net clean. Uh, so that's always a great thing if you, you know, on the defensive side. Also, the you know, defenders for the team are Mary Helen Dye, uh, Eden Douglas, Mackenzie Ray, and Kendall Philly. They all did a great job, of course, on the defensive end. You know, Brighton uh, was, had a pretty good team coming in. They had an above 500 record last year. And so, you know, North Point really held their own against them. So, again, you know, great result. They did get a result uh, this week, and then their next game will be on Tuesday, same time, against Magnolia Heights. Uh, we're going to turn our, our attention to the Magnolia Heights Chiefs football team. It's the first game in the area that starts tonight. Magnolia Heights is uh, hosting Lee Academy tonight in Sanatobia between the lines. So uh, I know we're advertising their game, and we're going to uh, give some more information about that game. The reminder that the, the – Mississippi government stipulations right now are only two pl- two fans per player, so going to be a small crowd. I visited with Coach Young about Magnolia Heights yesterday, and uh, that was one of the things we talked about. Coach was what it was going to be like uh, playing well, with what you know with, with such a small crowd, or playing really literally just in front of your parents. And uh, Coach Young and I had a good good laugh at that. But one thing he did mention it's it's going to be the same. It's still a hundred yard field. Things still going to be the same, kids, and just focus on that. It's two two teams trying to scratch out a win. I, I did joke with him that uh, the parents may be able to hear him a lot better so he better watch his language and he definitely agreed with that so he's already talked to his coaches about them being able to hear everything coming out of the stands but uh, Coach Young was very upbeat about the season Uh, a little bit of information about Magnolia Heights from last year Uh, last year they went seven and four Um, they lost in the first round of the the playoffs to Starkville Academy who went on to play for the the state championship Coach Young mentioned that game they had about a 21 point swing in the fourth quarter that just totally changed that game it was 20 one point swing within a matter of two minutes uh, onside kick and a fumble and the snap over the, the punter all that kind of stuff so just kind of a a tough way to lose uh, last year uh, to a good Startville Academy team but they're looking to pick up the pieces this year uh, some of the people he um some of the players he mentioned turning, uh, senior quarterback Blake Kirby uh, described Blake as a pocket passer, three-year starter, 6'2", 180-pound young man. I think Blake may actually live in Hernando. So, uh, uh, Blake and your family, if you're listening, shout-out to you. But uh, a three-year starter, um, again, like I said, a pocket passer, tall kid who uh, has good control and good um, control of his offense. Coach Young also described the collection of wide receivers may be the best the Chiefs have ever had. Uh, he said Hunter, Hunter Jones is a senior. Uh, as a speedster, can really burn you uh, pretty pretty deep. A not good name here, Derek. Ash Pepper. Ash, Ash Pepper. Pepper is actually a senior as well. 6'2", 175-pound kid. Uh, good possession receiver. Uh, nice, tough player um, that Coach Young described. Grayson Crumbly, junior, another 6'2 kid that, that has some speed on the outside. And then Blake Dunlap, another senior. So you're looking at your quarterback being a senior. You're looking at your collection of wide receivers um, being uh, – the strength of the Chiefs' offense this year. Um, so that's kind of the way Coach Young described it was uh, those young men are going to be really leaned on uh, pretty hard to uh, to lead them this year. Uh, running back sp- uh, spots are going to be Keandre Fields, a sophomore, uh, sharing carries with Ross Thompson, another sophomore, and then a junior, Colin Mo- Morganoni, uh, is a junior, Colin Morganoni. Uh, so those young men will be in the backfield uh, helping the, the, the offense out. Again, they run a spread offense. Uh, the, the offensive uh, coach for Magnolia Heights was a longtime coach at South Haven, uh, so he brought a spread offense, so they're going to do a lot of run-pass option, uh, RPO stuff, speed stuff, and spread it out uh, is, is what they're going to run on offense. And so uh, also the issue that they're going to have this year on offense, Derek, like I was t- um, you and I talked about last night, uh, their line is young. They've got one returning young man. Yeah, I mean, and it, 
the, the, the leadership at the quarterback position, leadership at the wide receiver positions on defense, I mean, that's going to help. But, you know, trenches are important. So it's going to be interesting to see if the line can hold up both sides of the line. You know, I don't, I'm not, not familiar with the, the pass rushes or, or the, the size of the uh, lines on other teams in the district. But, you know, it, it is tough. You know, hopefully, as you said, if you got the senior quarterback maybe making some adjustments, making some calls, uh, that you can maybe, you know, and if you're doing a lot of the, the RPOs, of course, you can kind of keep the defense back on their heels just with some fakes and some, you know, looks like that. So hopefully that, that'll help. I'm sure that's kind of the thought process on, on some of the plays that they'll run. And so just you're really looking forward to see how the line holds up. Yeah, and I mean, that's usually how it works. If your skill position players are, are older and more experienced, then you end up having a younger line or vice versa. So it can kind of be a little tough. On the defensive side, uh, outside linebackers uh, returning Hunter Harris and Asa Moore. Uh, and then inside, we got Hunter Pugh. And at the safety spot, he's got Gavin Wood as a returning starter. So, uh, again, a lot of hunters uh, on the team uh, down at Magnolia Heights. So, uh, gonna you know, shout out to those kids tonight, uh, getting out there and playing in front of their parents. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to uh, – the state of Mississippi shows in the play football. You and I talked about it quite a bit on Tuesday. It's a very important part. It was such an important part of, of our childhood and growing up and the, the friendships and relationships that, that we created. But uh, you know, on the defensive side, Again, a 3-4 front, it's kind of an odd front that they run. Seem to have people kind of roaming around a lot trying to make plays. So uh, a little bit of information on Lee Academy. I know a lot of people that live in Hernando now went to Lee Academy, so we want to give a shout-out to those people that attended Lee Academy down in um, – Clarksdale, Mississippi. That's exactly right. Uh, young at the skills position, um, they have one main player. He's a talented wide receiver slash running back that can hurt him pretty well. They went deep into the playoffs last year with a 7-4 and record. It's a non-conference game. Um, Lee Academy is a division smaller than Magnolia heights so just from a size standpoint and experience standpoint Derek I'm going to go with the Chiefs tonight I'm going to pick the Chiefs uh, I, I think it's a good pick uh, looking last year at the schedule they did play last year the Chiefs did win 21 to 6 at home excuse me on the road uh, again first game of the season and so again I'm, I'm going to go with experience on the offense being able to do that being able to run what they want to run I will also pick the Chiefs yeah and Coach Young said the Lee Academy gives them fits every year uh, tough team scrappy uh, all that that, that kind of information so again c- great conversation with him yesterday uh, you can tell it's a, a gentleman who, who cares about his kids and, and really is looking forward to uh, hopefully big things from his, uh, his skill position players this year and his, his older uh, experienced players so uh, good luck to Coach Young and, and the Chiefs tonight down in Sanatobia. I know a lot of kids from DeSoto County uh, and Hernando uh, go to Magnolia Heights. So, uh, again, we want, we want to shine a light on those kids in the area. And good luck uh, kicking off the football season. Well, I'm just question, Matt. When you, when you were getting ready for your first game of the season, uh, and again, we'll, you know, we've got another first game next week for North Point and then, of course, all the first games for the public school starting September 4th. What fired you up? What, what, what was in your headphones when you're sitting there getting ready? You know, the, the boys are going to be nervous all day. Maybe you get to wear your jersey to school, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, I know all schools have different rules on that. Some dress up uh, and some get to wear their jerseys. Did y'all uh, but, did, did did the cheerleaders like did your school allow cheerleaders to wear your football jersey? Absolutely, they did. That that absolutely happened. Uh, and so you know you always had the you know that you'd be wearing whatever. If it's a away game, you'd have the white, and maybe some girl would have a green on. Did you, the girl who wore your jersey? Did you also give her your neck roll? That would have been that, classic. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like a little. The size of the neck roll probably would have been to the top of her head. A little bit more like a one of those big, like the, the back of the dresses that come up like that. So, but no, no, the neck rolls are not given out. In fact, I don't even know how many times I actually handed out a jersey. Um, but uh, you know, back in, back in the day. Uh, but again, uh, what what fired you up? What got you ready? 
for that um, for that first game or it, actually any game. Go to song for for years for baseball, football, everything was uh, in the air tonight. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Done. Done. That was it. Just Done. That was it. I mean, kind of on a loop there about every when the coach uh, we played the same teams over and over again, and so you kind of knew when you were getting closer to the schools, and so uh, that's what you put in the uh, the Waltman, I guess. I mean, you put that. I, I think as I was a senior, maybe I ended up having a CD player Waltman or something like that. Yeah. You know, but uh, but anyway, yeah, in the air tonight, Phil Collins. Every time. Great song. Obviously still played uh, at many stadiums, especially if you've got that, you know, 7, 7.30 kickoff. Uh, I had uh, – mine, mine switched throughout. Um, we start with, of course, you know, uh, Appetite for Destruction. I mean, in, basically any of the three or four songs off that, I'm sure everybody's aware of those songs. Uh, then you had, uh, as we got sophomore, junior year, it would be Metallica, the Black Album. Just fantastic. I mean, you could pick several songs again off of that. Uh, of course, you know, Beastie Boys came in. You may throw a, a Beastie Boys song on, but – you know, I had a couple of those, uh, you know, actual tapes. I actually went and bought it. But, you know, sometimes it was just literally, you know, the old hold the microphone or the, the tape recorder up to the radio, try to catch that song, pray the DJ didn't talk over it uh, as it was coming in or going out of the song so you could get a good recording. And uh, so I had also that in my Walkman. Uh, I would have that put in. And, you know, of course, it was, we weren't sitting around with the headphones on, you know, privately in our lockers like everybody does now. It was more you had one or two tapes, you know, sitting with a large jam box in the corner of the locker room. And then, you know, it's, you know some guy puts it in, usually a junior or senior puts it in. And if you didn't like it, you don't have to deal with it. Um, so, yeah, fantastic, though, memories. And, and really glad the kids get to start it tonight. Yeah, and th th these kids nowadays, they just go straight to Spotify. They hit whatever song they want to hit, and they play it. They, they don't understand mixtapes. They, just no they, they mix don't tapes. understand going to the radio, hitting record at the top eight at eight on Q93 out of New Orleans, Louisiana, hoping to hear your favorite song, whatever it was. They don't understand. Like you said, the DJ talking over it, hoping he wouldn't say anything. What a mess, man. These kids, they don't know they're, what they're missing. Yeah, also, uh, very very similar, we had 93 QID out of Alexandria, Louisiana. And so same thing, just um, you know, just waiting, waiting for that song. No one, if you listened to it the night before, you knew there was a song. You know, Okay, if it was you know, number five last night, it's probably still going to be in there. Maybe it's working its way up and just have having it ready to record again praying that wasn't a, a advertisement or something like that about to come on so again just good times but fired up guys whatever you listen to listen to it get ready and again we'll be you know uh, hyping every game uh, starting tonight and then again next week and then can't wait for it all to open up on september 4th look if you're a fan of magnolia heights or lee academy or, or any of these teams we're going to start talking about over the weeks if you're a fan of those teams listen when if you listen to the podcast and you hear us on you're here you're, you hear your name or your kid or your team let the principals know let the athletic director know let the coaches know hey these guys are talking about our kids and that's how we're going to grow that's how we're going to continue to have an opportunity to to do these type things and so that's how we're going to grow our listener base that's how we're going to grow our advertising uh base so uh just just let these kids know i mean like us on facebook post things any way you can any way you want to to, to your grandmother or your cousin or whatever and just say hey look listen for a uh, little johnny or blake or whoever he he got mentioned on this podcast and uh, and so forth and that's kind of what we're one of the most one of the most important things that derek and i are working towards is uh having an opportunity to uh to let these kids know that people care about them and uh, and hear their 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 names uh on these type shows but derek i think uh you know we we're gonna do our picks so we we've already, you and i've already picked the chiefs chiefs to chiefs. win tonight we're gonna we're picking the chiefs but i think the the more uh important way or the fun way that we're gonna uh pick some of these games throughout the year is uh, what, what we're calling the mascot battle royale. Mascot battle royale. So we're gonna we're gonna pick the mascots. We're gonna pair the mascots up. And we're going to see which mascots would win in this game. And then we're going to compare our picks with the mascot picks throughout the year and see who wins. That's right. So just to explain it again, we will have our picks. 
So right now, again, Chiefs, and we'll, we'll make picks every week. Then we're going to take the mascots, purely mascot battle. Now, there may be some even matchups. There may not be, but we're going to pick purely mascots. And at the end of the year, we're going to let y'all know whether Matt and I see how well our high sp- uh, school sport knowledge is for the local teams uh, on how they play. And then what would happen if actually the, ma- the the mascots battled IRL in real life. So that's what we're going to try to do. So tonight's matchup are the Chiefs versus the Colts. Chiefs versus the Colts. Matt, we give a breakdown of, of what you think about that. Derek, it's an easy one. I mean, it's an easy one for me, in my opinion. I mean, we've all seen the Chiefs. They, they ride Colts. The Chiefs tame the Colts. They ride the Colts. It's a no-brainer. It's the Chiefs and the mascot victory tonight. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was hoping for maybe a, a slightly fair battle. A Colt, obviously, is a horse that is less than four years old. Uh, and so you've got a young horse, maybe wild, maybe not. doesn't matter. You know, Chiefs are out there grabbing them on the, on the plains. You know, they're you know spending some time with them, you know, starting to work with them. Then maybe it's bareback. Maybe they throw something on it to ride with it. But eventually, they're going to get the horse. They need horses. They have to have horses. The horses are going to bend to their will. Therefore, I see that happening tonight. I see the you know Colts putting up a good fight. They're going to have some fight in them. Ultimately, bend to the Chiefs' will, and it's going to have to be the Chiefs. That's it. I've watched a lot of Yellowstone here in the last two months. Uh, that's This is the way it's going to go down. The Chiefs are uh, the, the Chiefs over the Colts in the mascot battle tonight. Um, that's an easy pick. So, uh, Chiefs uh, in, in, in the win. I mean, that wraps up our show for today. I uh, hope that, um, again, coaches, uh, any other coaches out there, we need we please send us your information. We do have a couple other schools. Uh, we, you know, we'll have the North Point information next week uh, already ready. But if you're any other public schools, y'all do have two weeks to get us the information and anybody listening if you have children that go to those schools whether it be you know lake cormorant center hill lewisburg uh horn lake please make sure that your coaches give us the information uh, as you can see we're not going to we're not going to degrade anybody we're not here to do that we're here to celebrate them we're here to just talk about them we're here to get the word out on the schools and just to you know have friendly rivalries i mean we're you know we don't have we're going to be very, you know, across the board. Uh, we're just not, you know, we're not going to have an opinion either way. We're just going to report how things are going. Uh, but again, we want to be able to celebrate, as Matt said earlier. We want to be able to announce, and again, whatever sport it is, uh, if it's soccer, send it to us. If it's football, send it to us. As we get into basketball season, start getting the information together because this is what we want to do. And again, we'll break down the team before the first game, and then we'll be able to give the scores and some highlights uh, each week on Tuesday. So again, please just reach out to that. Coaches, if, if we sent you emails, please get us the information when you can, and we would love to talk about you. Yeah, that's at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. Underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com is how you reach out to us if you're a coach or, or a parent of one of these players or anything like that. Uh, look for us on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook. Also look for us on Instagram at UTW Podcast and on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's Twitter at UTW Pod. Most and probably most important, Derek, go to wherever you're hearing this podcast today, wherever you you listen to our podcast, and hit subscribe. Hit the subscribe button so it, the podcast provider can let you know when we have a new episode up so you can listen to that. That also helps us out with advertisers uh, when they reach out to us for advertising opportunities. It allows us to say how many subscribers we have and people that are listening to our shows each and every week uh, is a very important thing. From Hernando, Mississippi, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Dropped off a pretty soon.